Since those people gave us those John Wimber tapes, Power Evangelism, like 20 odd years ago, it's kind of wrecked us because we thought, no, the book says this stuff is supposed to happen. And we have got to stick with it, stick with it and see it come about. And I, I'm really sensing that things are positioning now for this sort of thing to break out. So we need to kind of sh- shake off any sort of uh, weariness, you know, that there can be because it's a, it's a process. OK, the church has been going 16 years now and uh, we are still pushing for the breakthrough. We are. We're still going. We're still digging that well. We're still going for it. But I believe more than ever, actually, that this is what the Lord's heart is for this area. And that when it does kick off, when that well does spring up, the healing well, it is going to gather people in. And that's the Lord's heart. His heart is that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. And, you know, if it was good enough for Jesus to go around healing the sick wherever he went... He, he would heal them and it would gather people. People would come because things were happening. That is the reason that they came. They didn't come to him for clever teaching. They didn't come to him for, you know, um, different sort of signs or whatever. He was healing people and sick people came. People came with a need and he met the need. And that is what got people there in the first place. And I believe that is the same. He is our role model he's the ultimate role model isn't he he is the as bill says perfect theology he he said if you've seen me you've seen the father we know the heart of the father through what jesus did his life he said i only do what i see the father doing i only say what i hear the father saying he perfectly describes the heart of the father and he healed all the sick who came to him so we know that's the heart of the father and so we can continue to push forward on it. So anyway, good. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to share a few thoughts uh, today. It's not going to go on a long time or anything. Um, I feel uh, it's, it's an amazing time. There's a lot of things changing at the moment. There's a lot of things shifting. And um, I, I think I shared last time when I had the, the dream about the New York department store and the the sort of what i thought was an earthquake at the time but maybe it was a superstorm sandy i don't know um and then i saw these numbers 11 11 do you remember that me telling you that I saw, as i was waking up i just saw 11 11 and i thought what on earth is that what is that about and as i began to seek god for it i began to ask people i began to research what's the significance of 11 11 because really i just saw it i saw the numbers in front of my eyes and it's not something i could deny it was just very clear and uh, unusual i don't think it's ever happened to me before and it hasn't happened since but i saw it and and then just one day i happened to be kind of just glancing through uh, facebook as is my want from time to time and I saw Benny Johnson say, well, you know, I've been talking about 11.11 for the last three years. Well, the Lord is saying that this is the time. And he, they were gathering people to pray on the 11th of the 11th. And they felt the Lord had said to them that it, it signified a time of transition and change and a, a releasing change. And um, so I thought, well, OK, well, at least 
not going completely mad. At least someone else has, has had it. And, um, and so we began to pray and we began to um, just sort of try and understand what the Lord would have us do in and around that time. Um, we were picking up the, uh, the fact that, yes, I mean, clearly change was happening. There was a time of transition going on. There was lots of uh, things happening. But on the around about on the 10th of the 11th, uh, the day before, um, I had a few significant chats with um, Mike Mason, who's one of the leaders here. And it was at that point we decided that to throw our lot in, Heather and I, and to just go full time in ministry and to lay down the business work uh, for the time being. And uh, suddenly having like having this kind of spark, this was Mike's Mike's sort of suggestion. He said, look, Phil, I can see uh, what's going on in all the different circumstances. But the thing that strikes me is that the Lord has said you need to go full time and I would just go for it. And so we did. We took that step and uh, stepped out, not fully understanding how it was all going to happen, what it was going to look like, what our lives would look like after that. Um, But we just did it. And suddenly this peace came upon me okay and uh, it's difficult to describe um, because you know we're in the middle of a quite a chaotic situation uh, with various needs around us and things that are kind of pulling on us and all of that sort of stuff and yet this peace descended on me and I got this word alignment that the Lord just dropped into me about being correctly aligned and we noticed we, we we've noticed that there has been a season where kind of a few people have, have like moved on from us and we've blessed them and said you know it's, it's been great we're still friends we love you but the Lord was calling them to sort of put their hand to something else and then at the same time there was a load of people coming in who were saying we feel the Lord's moved us and there was there was like a strategic shifting that was going on as as some people were getting called out to, to go and put their shoulder to a slightly different plough and some people were calling in saying we really sense the Lord saying that, we're, that, that, that he's called us here to come and be with you and uh, dig with you if you like. And, and <clears throat> so the 11-11, it was like a transition and a change and a, a realigning. And the, the minute that we took that step and became correctly aligned for what the Lord was asking us to do. Now, the question you might ask was, was it wrong that I was doing business before? No, it wasn't. He asked me to do it. He spoke to me and enabled it and we initiated it and set it off and all of that sort of stuff. And, and God was in it. He spoke about it. But the season had changed. The season had shifted and it was now time for a different focus for this time. And so we did it. We step out and we are now in in God's eyes correctly aligned. And that peace which descended on us was really it was it's a feeling of being in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. And suddenly everything kind of makes sense. And all of the things that were bringing pressure from the outside suddenly seem bearable. Almost like not so important. 
um, if you know what I mean. And there was not that anything had changed, you know, there were still some challenging things going on, but being correctly aligned um, just seemed to bring this peace and his, his presence and his smile upon the whole situation. So then we carry on and suddenly I see another prayer day coming up on the 12th of the 12th of the 12th. And that's not going to happen for another 87 years, is it? A recurring day, month and year. Um, but it, again, I got sort of a bit stirred about it and I thought, yeah, 12, that's that is the number of godly government it is like it's the number of the apostolic and because of the 12 disciples 12 apostles um and i just felt yeah there's been a realignment okay we've stepped from one thing to another and taken a position and stood up and said right lord here we are i i'm here i'm doing yeah, I'm, whatever you say yes we'll go for it which I believe what we did was to step into a form of godly government in that case. And, and I believe in the lighthouse now. And I'm, I know one or two of you have uh, been hearing one or two questions about the structure of church leadership and all of that. But actually, I firmly believe we have a godly model of church government in this place that we Heather and I are division carriers for this church God's spoken to us he's given us pictures we get prophesied over left right and center every time we go and try and hide and uh, you know not want to get spoken over we seem to get tracked down and stuff but God keeps reaffirming the call to the area and to seeing a church established in in this area and we can't run away from it and I've Phil and I will tell you, I mean, I did spend a long time trying to run away from it and just kind of like get everyone else doing it. And I was a reluctant leader. But in the last year or so, something's begun to happen on the inside. And I've begun to recognize what the Lord is actually calling me to and the anointing that he has given me to do it. And now, does that make me kind of the, the big dictatorial leader? No, it doesn't. It's basically the way we've chosen to work is from within teams. And we've got the vision team. We've got the trustees team. We've got the pastoral team, all of whom are working out how the church works. And Heather and I, for example, choose to make ourselves accountable to those teams. We work within them. And, you know, if we come up with an idea and everyone says, no, that's a load of rubbish. Well, we rethink we'll obviously talk about it and stuff but you know that's the way we've chosen to work and so i believe that we are in a godly uh position in terms of the way we've structured our leader our leadership we've, we we work within a, a sort of a plurality within those leaders teams however it is kind of fairly well acknowledged within those teams that yeah okay we we sort of carry the vision if you like we're we are the first among equals within that. And so that's how it is. And I just acknowledging that and stepping up and stepping into it, again, something happened. So we had the 11-11, which was the transition and the shift. The 12-12, which is the, um, uh, the godly government, which is alignment. Again, it's all about alignment. It's getting things right. It's getting the foundations right. 
It's getting things the way that God wants them to be. And so then I was talking to Debs the other day and she pipes up. So what's 13 all about then? What's the number of 13? Because it's 2013 next year. And I said, I haven't got the foggiest. I said, I don't even know who decides what these numbers should mean or anything. But uh, 13. But then as we were chatting, I think I just heard the Holy Spirit whisper something to me. And I'm not saying that forevermore the number 13 will be allocated this definition. Okay, just forget this. But in it, I just heard the Holy Spirit whisper. 13 is about coming of age. It's about, you know, in the Jewish tradition at 13, it's when the boy becomes a man. It's the rite of passage from boyhood to manhood. And I believe that we are coming into a season as a church of coming of age. And, you know, there's, okay, I don't want you to go too deeply into this. And I don't want you to kind of scrutinize every single number and all that. There's a whole stream of people saying, oh, no, the 13 is... The number of like whatever. Um, But this is what I feel the Holy Spirit is saying to us, that we are stepping into a coming of age where we have been through a time of transition. We've been through a time of establishing godly government and we are now coming into a season of coming of age. And that's what this year is going to be about. Now, forgive me breaking off for a moment, because while we were worshipping, I just felt the Lord uh, ask me to just say something over Adrian and Rosemary, and I'd forgotten, and I just remembered. <laughs> but, yeah, Adrian and Rosemary, I just, as I was watching you in worship, I just felt the Lord just smiling on you so much. He was kind of looking down and saying, that's my boy, that's my girl, you know. He, he was, the father's heart was delighted in you. And he's just saying, you are so faithful. You have stuck to your guns over the years. You have really been very consistent in a lot of things. And there's been times when, you know, you've been really excited thinking, this is it. It's about to happen. And then things have gone backwards. And it's almost felt like it's been one step forward and two back and then two forward and three back and, and, and so on. It is like being, it's been a bit of a rocky road. But I feel that in this coming year, you're going to see an acceleration of things begin to happen and things clicking into place. There is going to be, and maybe it's a bit of a, a flow out of this correct alignment thing, but you are in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing. And all of the ideas and the, the thoughts that you've had within your heart over these years are from him. They are from him and they are true. And you need to hold on to them because this time of acceleration is coming where the fulfillment of dreams is going to click into place. And it's like when one thing gets into place, it goes click, 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 click. And suddenly things begin to happen. And I just I believe that is going to happen for you in this coming year. You're going to see some things being fulfilled that have been a long time coming. Okay, Um, don't don't kind of try and double think God and decide what all of those are and everything because he will reveal it to you but I just felt him saying you know you you are faithful you've been faithful in the little that he's put in your hands and everything and he's now going to release more to you so we just bless Adrian and Rosemary to really have 
a cracking year coming up, Lord. And may it be a coming of age for them as well. May they really step into their destiny of uh, everything that you've got for them, Father. The, the coming of age, you know, at, the, at, at 13, it's where the Jewish boy has the bar mitzvah or the bat mitzvah, uh, as well it can be said. Um, and it was, it means son of the commandment. And it was the time when, uh, up until that point, the, uh, I feel very nervous saying all this with Dave and Sue in front of me here, but I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll jump in. I'm sure they'll jump in, but, uh, <clears throat> But it was the time up until that age that the Jewish children were expected to generally keep the law, but they weren't sort of responsible for it, you know. But when they got to the age of 13 and this uh, 13 for a boy and I think it was 12 for a girl, actually, um, they, they stepped into a responsibility of things. It was sort of like they were given the law and it became theirs. It became their inheritance you know, and they get they get up and they recite from the Pentateuch and the first five books of the Bible, and um, they, uh, they begin to speak the law out and everything. But from that point, they were sort of accountable within it. They had it was their own choice, and it was a time to get serious about their faith. It was a time to sort of like not just kind of let mum and dad do it all for you, but they had to sort of take some of that on themselves and. Uh, I'm feeling that, like for us, that there is a stepping up in a way. And there's, there's, there's lots of things that have been going on over the last sort of 10, 15 years, haven't there? And we've had a fantastic time going to these lovely places, meeting these lovely people who've had these amazing breakthroughs in this, that and the other. And we've been blessed by, by going over and spending some time with the guys from Toronto and over at Bethel as well I mean just it's just been amazing at different times and I have loved drinking from those wells the different wells that they've broken and they've all been slightly different you know Toronto and Bethel and IHOP in Kansas City and all of that stuff they've all touched on something slightly different and they've been great but this is the time for us to dig our well okay it is a time where we have to take a, a step up in a way. And instead of just kind of looking what's happening everywhere else and um, kind of taking from this or going here, taking, bringing back and so on, it's a time for this well to be opened up. This one that is in the front of this room here. Um, metaphorically speaking. Um, it's time for us to dig our own well. Now, the Father has declared his heart for us many times in speaking prophetic words over us about this healing well springing up, about just recently about a, a, a well of worship beginning to rise up and prophetic worship and, um, you know, lots of different things he has spoken. But it is time for those to begin to rise up here now and not necessarily import from somewhere else so that's what i believe 2013 is about that's us stepping i feel we are kind of correctly aligned now we are in the correct alignment and 
the, the our whole alignment feels good. It feels right. I feel we've been obedient to the Lord. I, I feel we're well connected with other churches, other local churches. We're kind of linked in with the guys up at Shaftesbury and about 30 churches which relate around them. And it it's all feels right. It's like we're in the right time. OK, now time to turn the tap on. That's what it feels like at the moment. And that is what we're going to begin declaring. And we're going to kick this year off on that Friday night. Um, the worship guys have said they're going to coordinate a, a, a prayer and worship through the night. So we'll have the Friday night meeting at the beginning of January and then just hang, hang out together until probably breakfast time in the morning and just pray and worship and prophesy and declare um, the things that the Lord has for us and begin to see them emerge right at the beginning of the year. Okay, so that will be on the 4th of Friday, the 4th of January. And I think it's going to be very exciting. And I would encourage you to just pop it in your diaries and just come and watch with us. It's like the night watch. Paul talks about the night watch that he used to do. And uh, it's very scriptural. So kind of let's do it. Let's get down here and just see uh, the presence of God starting to come. So, that's my intro. It's not technically what I'm going to... But I could finish if you want, if you've had enough already. I mean, let's call it a day. If you want to go back and see the Strictly results, then, you know, it's... uh, um, I'll carry on. Okay. (laughs) No, just very briefly, I... The, the thing that this followed up, that, that was my main point. This is, it is the, it's the coming of age and stepping in. But when I was uh, waking up, I th- was it yesterday morning, Heather, when I said this morning? Was it that soon? Yeah, it feels like a lifetime's passed since then. But I, <laughs> I, it was, you're right, it was this morning. Um, I woke up and I just, had, I just woke up with the scripture. And it was from Romans 8, and um, it was the one that says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And it just kind of popped in, and I, and I guess I was thinking, I must have been had a background thought process going on about the, the son, you know, the, the, the child stepping into sonship, if you like, and stepping into adulthood, and it was that sort of thought. But I just heard this this little thought get whispered in all who are led by the spirit of god are children of god i'll just read out the whole of that um that scripture because it's a goodie romans eight fourteen to 17 for all who are led by the spirit of god are children of god so if you have if you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves instead you receive god's spirit when he adopted you as his own children now we call him abba father for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are god's children and since we are his children we are his heirs in fact together with christ we are heirs of god's glory but if we share his glory we must also share his suffering and you know i think this whole thing about being co-heirs with christ which is just an amazing thing if you think about it um but it, it is to do with this coming of age as well. It is to do with this stepping forward and just kind of, in, in a way, 
moving on from perhaps some of the childish attitudes. And please bear in mind, you know, this is not me kind of saying, oh, you've had childish attitudes. I only ever reveal to you what God is saying to me. Okay, so this is this is his voice to me. So whenever I'm saying this, don't take it on as like, oh, he's getting at me now because I'm not. This is what the Lord is saying to me. It's kind of time to move on from some of the childish attitudes that we've had and to get just get a little bit serious about walking with the spirit, walking with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I spoke last time, didn't I, about like what what is it like to walk with the Holy Spirit? And we'd had this great time with Isabel and she talked about saying, what is it that makes the father smile? You know, in, in our in our behavior, in what we say and what we do in what we watch and how we relate together. What is it that causes the father to smile? And, you know, what is it that causes him to perhaps think, oh, not too sure about that, you know? in our behavior, in how we handle ourselves. And if we really want to walk with the Holy Spirit so that he's really close, he's a person, right? Okay, he, he is a person whose name is Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sometimes we tend to talk about him like the Holy Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit, we release you. And, you know, we talk about him in the third person, all the time and we command him we give him permission and one of the things that we began to learn over this these uh, last few weeks is that he is a person and he's here and you can talk to him and he wants to get involved with you and he wants to do stuff with you and he wants to help you to do things and he wants to be close to you and I think that you know if we want to walk according to the spirit what be led by the Spirit of God, we're going to have to recognise that. We're going to have to recognise that he is a person and begin to make space for him in our lives. So Galatians 5, 16 um, to 25. Let's just read this out because it talks about how the Holy Spirit guides us. I say to you, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. So there you go. There's that battle that's going on inside you. There is a, the sinful nature and there's the spirit and they are at war with one another. I think it says somewhere else in, in, in um, another, another scripture in the Bible somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> It says the spirit and the flesh are at war with each other, at enmity with each other. Okay, Um, But if we let the Holy Spirit guide us, then we won't do uh, what the flesh wants, but we'll do what the spirit wants. Okay, the two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Okay, so. This is, this is in the book. This is not me making it up. This is Galatians 5:16, And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. So here we go. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. 
Okay, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. And let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, all of those things are... It's the fruit of the flesh, isn't it? And if we live according to the sinful nature, nature, these are the things that begin to um, manifest, if you like. Um, You know, some of them we can say, oh, well, we don't do any of that. Sorcery, sexual immorality. But what about some of the others, like quarrelling, hostility, jealousy, anger, selfish ambition? Well, parties, chance be a fine thing, eh? Can I just say something? There's an important point to be made there. Just about the wild parties, it's not about having paper hats and blowing whistles and being silly. At the time of the Emperor Caligula, his idea of a wild party included going out and raping people. All right? That's what, I think that's the kind of thing Paul had in mind when he was talking about wild parties. That was, it's not just enjoying yourself. Okay. And quarrelling really means... (laughs) Okay, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these kind of things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there and since we're living by the spirit let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives now i i'm saying that all of these things yeah of course you know you you know me are you having a party yourself over there it sounds like (laughs) the um you know i i i enjoy life i do i enjoy meals i enjoy parties i enjoy having a drink and all of that stuff and that, i don't believe that's what this is talking about at all you know the lord's given us our senses and they're a very important part of who we are and he wouldn't have given to them if he didn't want us to enjoy things you know enjoyment it has the word joy in the middle and it is one of the fruits of the spirit um but there is a side that where we are led by the Holy Spirit. And I, I think we know, I think we know what they are. You know, when we do things and we just afterwards kind of perhaps get a bit caught up in the moment, but afterwards think, oh, I'm not sure the Holy Spirit would have liked that. And it's those things that separate us off. He, he doesn't really go anywhere. It's we separate ourselves off from him through choosing to go down some of these routes. And I'm just saying that I think there's a time, perhaps there's a time in this coming year where the Holy Spirit is calling us into a closer fellowship with him. He wants us to get closer to him. He wants to reveal his heart to us. He wants to really take us on and give us and show us some good things. I'll skip all of that because I'm going to finish by nine. Um, A 
think, let's just have a think. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? It says in Luke 4, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River just after he was baptised and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And there he was tested, wasn't he? He was tested in a number of things. The devil comes to him and says, like, he was starving hungry after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And he said, right, if you're the Son of God, command that stone to become bread. And Jesus says, no, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, and then the devil um, takes him and, uh, what was the second one? Uh, he takes him up the top of a tall mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the earth and says, if you'll bow down and worship me, then I'll give you all of this, all of this. You can be kind of lord over it, of course probably already was so. but Jesus again quotes back from scripture and says no it's written do not worship any other god but god um, and uh, and then finally he says um, takes him up the top of the temple and says throw yourself off here uh, because it's written the devil starts using scripture against him now it says it's written <coughs> that the angels will protect you and hold you up and not even let your, your feet be uh, hurt or ever or stubbed on a stone. And uh, Jesus says, no, you should not test the Lord your God. And he, he was tested in these different areas. And they're, they're just quite interesting areas. He was tested in kind of his provision, his food, his, his sustenance, if you like. He was tested in his influence, fame, control and uh, position. And he was tested with regard to power in terms of like just trying to do the miraculous to sort of show off a bit. And um, I think that they're very interesting areas because each one of them are things that he could do to be independent from his father. Rather than trusting that, you know, the provision would come, he could take his own path in it. Now, as I said before, Jesus said, I don't say anything lest I hear the Father say it. I don't do anything lest I see the Father do it. Now, he could have stepped off. He had the power within him to do those things. He was the Son of God. He could have just done them, but he chose not to. He chose not to test his Father. He chose to submit himself to his Father. And I think you know, this is the whole thing. In all of these different things that we're doing, we can go hand in hand with the Holy Spirit and listen very carefully for his voice in our ear and only do what we hear the Father saying through the Holy Spirit. Or we can launch off and do our own thing and do what we think is good. And it may even be... Um, you know, it may may even be a good thing, you know, but if the father hasn't said it, if we're not walking hand in hand with him, then I don't think we will walk into that place of promise of seeing these wells opened up. So maybe, you know, I, I've said time and time again, this year has been a monstrous year. It really has. I've kind of come to the edge of what I thought I could cope with and everything. But through it all. And I don't quite understand it, 
there has just been the most marvellous presence of the Holy Spirit with me. I got to the end of it and I'm just like feeling his presence with me. Like every day, kind of almost every minute. It is really, really exciting. And I just, I just wonder if I had not been through some of that stuff, would I be feeling things like I am now? It kind of puts things into context a little bit. So, okay, let's finish up. Deuteronomy 8. This independence from God, it's, it's a temptation that we always, that man always does. You know, at the, right from the very beginning, there were two trees in the garden, weren't there? Tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. A man, of course, chooses the tree of knowledge of good and evil time and time again, the tree of knowledge. He, he wants, he, we are designed as sons of the Father, to be in relationship with him and to do things with him and to do things alongside him. But time and time again, man wants to say, give me a pattern that I can do and then I'll go off and do it. And, and then when I get into trouble, I'll come back and get another pattern. That's not how it's designed to be. We don't need the knowledge. We need the relationship we need to be alongside him. And in order to do that, we're going to need to get to know Holy Spirit as a friend. A friend who is there every minute of every day. So that as we go into a situation, we can feel, is that right? Is that what he wants me to do? Or perhaps should I withdraw from this? Should I go and do something else? Or do I need to go and talk to that person? Do I need to go there? You know, it is an incredibly exciting place to be but unless we become very familiar with his presence and treasure his presence and be constantly thinking what is it that makes him smile what is it what's he like you know what does he like what does he like me to do what does he like me to say what does he like me to think how does he like me to interact with other people what is it that just keeps his presence there and keeps my um, sort of realisation of his presence or kind of, so that I see it and so that I uh, constantly live with it and not, and not become uh, unaware of it. So Deuteronomy 8, 10 to 18. Because this, this is the little warning that goes with it. Basically, because I think we are going to come into a time of success. Okay? Stuff is going to start happening. And when we do, Okay, when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord for your God. Praise the Lord, your God, for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord, your God, and disobey his commands and regulations and decrees. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in and when your flocks and herds have become very large and, so, and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock he fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. 
He did this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved all of this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one that gives you power to be successful. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. It's him who makes us successful. It's him who pours out his favour on us. It's him who enables us to step into success. And we must never forget that because the place, the place of dependence, the place of relationship is where the success gets manifest. The place of independence is where we get into trouble and where things start going downhill. So we need to stay close. We need to walk and be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to just treasure that presence just as if it were the most valuable thing on the earth and pursue it and go after it and be jealous for it and keep on going for it. And then I think we will begin to step into all the good things that God's got for us. Nine o'clock, I promised. (laughs) All right. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Foot, be healed. Sorry? Have we got an offering somewhere? Did we? Okay, good. Marvellous. Let's just stand and we'll, we'll close the meeting up.